Good morning, everybody, and welcome to <clears throat> Spirit of Grace Church. We're glad that you're able to join us online today. Uh, we apologize for not being able to be in person uh, because of all of the sickness that's going on, where our prayers are going out for all those that have dealt with several different kinds of sicknesses this week, <clears throat> and we just felt it wise to uh, come to you in this format for this day. We'll be back to normal, I pray, this coming week. Uh, we'll try to keep you updated as much as possible. Um, <clears throat> but we're, uh, we've been in prayer for all of you that are not feeling well. Some of you have been dealing with COVID, some just with the flu or the cold, and some of you are taking care of people that are sick. And so uh, we, we honor you this morning and we're praying for you. Praise God. <clears throat> and so we're coming to you a little bit different today. And, and uh, I'm thankful that we have this type of opportunity where we're just not together, we can at least be together over the airwaves, and uh, we're, we're thankful for that. <clears throat> Praise God. Want to uh, encourage you to continue our 100 Days for Glory that we have joined with over 200 churches, from what I understand, under the leadership of Pastor Kevin Wallace from the Redemption to the Nation's Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And <clears throat> we're uh, very thankful for his ministry. Uh, I've met him online. I haven't met him yet personally, but I'm looking forward to that day as well. But a very dynamic preacher and pastor, and uh, God has seemed to align us up to a lot of uh, what we're trying to do here at Spirit of Grace Church to what he's trying to do at Redemption to the Nations, and we're, we're very thankful for that. So we've joined them, <clears throat> excuse me, starting at the first of the year, 100 Days for Glory. That's 15 days of Bible or 15 minutes of Bible reading, 15 minutes of prayer, an act of generosity, and a something to fast. And so we're we're glad that you're all partaking of that. We pray that you are <clears throat> finding it to be uh, beneficial. And I believe by the time we get to Easter, which is about the time where the hundred days ends up, it'll be the Easter season that we will see the glory of God revealed in a mighty, mighty way. If you uh, did not get a sheet that have the Bible reading scriptures, you can check the Spirit of Grace Church uh, Facebook page. We're posting that every day, and uh, we're thankful for Elena and her diligence in doing that, and we're looking forward to what God has for us. Praise God. As of right now, <clears throat> everything is scheduled for this week, Chain Breakers on Wednesday. We are planning to resume Grace College on Thursday night. And then on Friday evening, our ladies are going to be meeting here at the church. It'll be a great time. Praise God. <clears throat> I apologize for the frog in my throat. Uh, I didn't have sickness as much as other people did, but I have been struggling with a sore throat uh, the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how quiet it's been at the church this week. And... Uh, Looking forward to everybody getting back. I am going to share with you from Revelation uh, chapter 22 and verse 20. It's the second to the last verse of scripture. And uh, I really contemplated what God wanted me to share with you today, uh, knowing that we're not together. And uh, knowing that he is speaking into our spirits, um, where a direction that we're going and 
part of that is the 100 days for glory. But I just, I, I want him, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I want his presence more than ever before. I want to sense his love more than ever before. I want to experience the power and the presence of Jesus Christ like I never have in my life. And so I'm reading from Revelation 22, verse 20. It's a very short verse. It simply says, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> I want to echo the words of the Apostle John as he's finishing out this book. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And I want to preface my statements today and my message today with, I'm not simply talking about come and get us and take us to heaven. That is going to be an amazing time. That is going to be something that's going to blow our mind. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But when I say even so, come Lord Jesus, I, I, I am reminded that Jesus wants to come into our lives on a daily basis. And so my title today is Even So Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Would you just bow your heads with me wherever you're at and just ask the Lord to speak with you this morning. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Lord, I pray for all of those that have been dealing with sickness this week, and I'm praying that your divine healing would touch them and strengthen them and protect them. Lord, I'm thankful for this opportunity to address your people from the confines of Facebook or YouTube. But Lord, I'm looking for the day where we can gather to back together in the coming days in one accord, in one place, and there you be in the midst of us. Lord, I'm asking you now, Lord, to show up in each living room and kitchen or wherever people are watching this and listening to this. I'm asking you, Lord, to let your sweet presence settle in wherever they're at and let them experience you. Our prayer today is, even so, come, Lord Jesus. In your precious name we pray, amen. My father, uh, I'm, I find myself thinking about him quite often. We're coming up on him being gone for 10 years already. It seems like yesterday, and at the same time, it seems like forever ago. But uh, I think partly because of our transition here at the church to full-time ministry um, and, and being the 10-year anniversary of his passing, that I've kind of been thinking about him. My dad was an incredible man, and he was a mentor to me. And uh, when I was young, uh, after he had quit playing hockey, we moved into the house next door to my cousin. And uh, I, I remember coming home from kindergarten and being excited for when Uncle Dan and my dad would get home from work, and we would get together as families or whatever. And I remember that we would have all-out battles in the living room. I would be on my dad's back, and my cousin would be on his back. And and uh, <clears throat> it was old-fashioned battles like they did in the days of the cavalry. And it was so much fun. And I remember uh, even more so with the weather the way it is today and and being cold and snowy. I remember coming home from uh, school and waiting for Dad to get home from work because he had always had a really large ice rink out on the lake where we grew up. 
And uh, so we would go and skate and he would come home. And <clears throat> I, I remember that I wanted to be the next Frank Sanders on ice. And uh, yeah, I liked Wayne Gretzky and some of the others, but Frank Sanders was my hero. My dad was my hero. And, and uh, so I would go down um, downstairs uh, in the bathroom of the downstairs was a closet under the steps. And uh, we labeled it the hockey closets where we left all of the hockey gear. And so I'd go down to the hockey closet and I would begin to pull out all of my dad's equipment. And I would put on his knee pads, which quite frankly covered my whole leg. I'd pull on his breezers. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's the shorts that hockey players wear that are have pads in it and protected them. And they would reach my ankles and I would put his shoulder pads on. And it was, I looked more like a defensive lineman than I did a hockey player. And, uh, finished it off with elbow pads and gloves. And needless to say, my entire body was covered with his equipment. I thought I was great. And then dad would come home and we'd go out and we'd skate. And he taught me how to skate forwards and backwards. He taught me how to stop. He taught me the slap shot, slap shot the wrist shot, the snap shot, hip check, body check. He did it all. And uh, he taught me how to do it. And I would have a blast into the evening. They put up lights on the lake so that we could to skate after dark. And we'd be out there all evening long uh, skating and playing hockey. But suppose if I had received from my dad the knee pads and the gloves, the shoulder pads, and my young imagination could wander, would that be enough? maybe so for a short period of time, or or worse, and I know some of you today have actually probably dealt with this in truth. What happened would happen if I came home and my dad left a note or called and said, Tim, I'm not coming home anymore, but I'll send my skates, I'll send all my equipment over, and every afternoon you can play with them. To me, that would be a deal breaker. That wouldn't work. Even a young boy knows that it's about the person and not about the present. It's about the presence, but not the present, that makes a union special. It's not the frills, it's the father. It's not the activity, it's the person. And I am here to tell you today that I long for the person of Jesus I'm thankful for everything that he's done and everything that he's given, but I long for his presence. Imagine God making a similar offer. Maybe he walks into your life and gives you a note or he says to you, I'll give you everything that you desire. I'll give you anything. Perfect love, eternal peace. You'll never be afraid. You're never going to be alone. You won't have any more confusion, no anxiety, no boredom will uh, will ever enter your heart. You'll lack for nothing. There won't be any more sin. There won't be any more guilt, no more rules, no more expectations, no more failure. You will never be lonely. You'll never be hurt. You'll never die. Only you'll never see me. That wouldn't cut it with me. Uh, a painless, deathless eternity might be nice, but it's inadequate. A world shot with splendor would be great, but it's not what I seek today. And I pray it's not what you seek. For heaven to be heaven, 
I need to see Jesus. For heaven to be heaven, I need to experience Jesus. And I believe that God understood that because the whole plan of God was about reuniting or reconciling uh, the presence of us with him. In the Old Testament, you could not dwell really in the presence of God. So God became a child so that he would bridge the gap to allow us to dwell in his presence. And he ascended and Jesus said it this way, I go away, but I'm sending you the spirit and the spirit's going to be with you and I'm going to live in you and I'm going to dwell with you forever uh, until we see his face. We have access to his presence. That's the greatest gift that he could give us going into 2022 is, Lord, I need your presence. And if I have your presence, then I have your glory. Years and years ago, if you, for those of you that don't remember or don't know, uh, I was raised in the church. I'm 51 years old. And I can remember as a child, we used to sing a song, and I'm not going to sing it today, but it was entitled, I'm Satisfied. I'm Satisfied. And I fear today, without actually realizing it, we have become so accustomed to the things of the kingdom of the Lord that we forget the king of the kingdom. I think we get so tied up with being satisfied with the things that he has done for us, the things that he gives us, the promise and potential that he puts into us, that we have actually become uh, so used to his kingdom that we forgot the king. And my desire today is even so, Lord Jesus, come. And, and see, satisfaction is something that we'll never attain. Contentment we can attain, but satisfaction we never will. I mean, think about it. Just think of how we're made. Think about our dinner. We feed our faces until we waddle from the table. And then a couple of hours a couple of minutes maybe later, we're wondering what's ready for the next meal or we're craving a cup of ice cream or we're craving that sweet thing that, that just kind of tops off. We may be stuffed to the gills, but we can make enough room to get a little bit more. We're never satisfied. Or when we wake up after a good night's sleep, you know, after seven, eight, nine, ten hours of sleep, however long you sleep, and you get up and Nobody could give you enough money to go right back to sleep because you're wide awake and you're ready to go. But just give it just a few hours and the next thing that you're doing is you're sitting in your lazy boy, kicked back with your mouth hanging wide open, snoring as loud as anything. You see, we're never satisfied. I think of our family, and I'm sure it applies to most families. We plan a vacation for months. We look forward to it. We get on the vacation and before the vacation is even over, we're starting to plan our next vacation because it's just never enough. We're never satisfied. A child says, if only I could become a teenager and drive. A teenager says, if only I were adult. The adult says, only if, if I were married. The married says, man, if we just had some children and then eventually even some grandchildren. And then as the kids grow old and it's an empty nest and then we look at each other and we say, oh, if only our kids would come and visit. And as a retiree in a rocking chair with stiff joints and fading sight, we think only if I was a child again. 
It's a nonstop, unsatisfied being. And I believe that the reason that we are like that is because we are created in the image of God. And God is never satisfied. He's always looking for a greater dimension of relationship. And the only satisfaction that you and I will ever really get is when you and I are standing in the presence of Almighty God. And he looks at us and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Then maybe we'll be satisfied because we're in his presence forever. But I believe that God wants to give us his presence as an inheritance, if you will, as the earnest of our inheritance, as a down payment of what we have to come. But my question today is, have we become so satisfied with a person receiving the Holy Ghost or a group of people being saved? Or, or have we become so satisfied with a miracle here or a miracle there? Have we become satisfied with a temporary blessing? Or have, have we gotten so consumed and accustomed to the things of the earthly realm that we become passive when it comes to seeing Jesus? Have we gotten so used to what is the normal description of heaven that we forget the maker of heaven? You see, when someone asks you what you think heaven is gonna be like, what's your response? Is it the response that the majority of believers give, such as heaven's gonna be incredible? Man, there's going to be no more tears. There's no more heartache, no more electric bills, no more house payments, no more uh, heartache, no more separation. There's going to be walls of jasper, streets of gold, seas of crystal gates. of. It's going to be amazing. Or is your first description of heaven simply, it's where I'll meet my Jesus. It's where I'll fall down at his feet and cast my crown. It's where I'll gather around the throne with millions and millions of others as we worship the lamb, as we worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords, as we worship him that was and is and is to come, the almighty. Is that our first description of heaven? You see, I have come to understand or I have come to believe in my life, if I'm not willing to look for Jesus now, and to seek his presence now and want him to come to me now, how am I going to receive him when I'm actually in his presence? Man, Jesus, come. Come into every living room right now. Come into every kitchen, every bedroom, every hospital room, every office complex, every car, everywhere people gather, God. I want your presence. You see, we have a desire for God to move among us. We've been preaching about his glory and about the weight of his presence. We've preached and prayed and sought him for his glory. And, and, and I believe that he's wanting to give it and he's giving it already and, and he's going to give it in greater measure and we're gonna sense him like never before. But because here's one thing I believe, I believe that when we get closer to him, we become more effective in reflecting him. And the more we reflect him in his presence, people begin to see him and not see us. I want to be an ambassador 
for Christ. I want people to be drawn to Jesus, not because of something I say, not because of something I do, but simply because of who I have become in him. I have become the present center. I have become the place where Jesus has come and my life is changed because of the presence and the glory of Almighty God. I like the miracles. I do. I like the blessings. I like when God does things. I like when God moves. But today I have become hungry and thirsty simply for him, simply for his presence. I pray that somewhere in the next day or two, if not even today, that you would find him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering, in the midst of your living. I, I, I want you to get such a great hunger of even so, come Lord Jesus. Lord, more than the, 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 the blessing of the finance, more than the blessing of the job, more than the blessing of the family, more than the blessing of the church. Lord, I simply want you. I'm thirsty to dwell in your presence. We sing the song, let me just sit back and lay my head on you and breathe and, and be in your presence. The more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I find you, the more I love you. I just need you, Lord. You see, your worship will become more intense. Your worship will become more powerful because you will be totally and completely focused on looking into the eyes of Jesus than anything else. Some of us have become distracted with everything, that, and, I, and I can't blame us. I, I can't blame myself. I can't blame you. It's just the way things are happening right now, the, the way that life is coming at us, all the sickness, all the COVID, all of the confusion, all of the unrest, all of the uncertainty about how to do this and where to go and when to do this and what to take and how to do this. and all. It's gotten so overwhelming that it has distracted us from putting all of that aside and saying, Lord, I don't care how I feel. I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care what's happening at work. I don't care what's happening at home. I just need you. And when you just need him, he shows up. In the midst of all of this, he's right there in your presence. I, my heart today is, taken on the heart of David. I believe it was David that penned the, the psalm that says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, to behold his beauty, the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. It has to become my one desire it has to become the overwhelming thought of my spirit. It has to become the thing that draws me. One thing have I desired, that I would behold his beauty, the beauty of the Lord. I want to see him. The old, the old hymn that says, oh, I want to see him look upon his face. Oh, I want to see him. I want to be with him. 
I want to sit with him in heavenly places. And when I say that, I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about here. He said to pray this way, but thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Well, I want to sit in his kingdom while I'm here on earth. Heaven will be a great place. And I pray that one day we'll all join hands around the throne. But until that day comes, I'm hungry and thirsty for Jesus in my presence. How about you? Are you tired today? Can I tell you one of the reasons you're tired is because you're living in a foreign world, a foreign territory, uncertain territory? Do you feel out of place? Do you feel worn out with every news report? I'm tired of having to fight with mortgage and finance. I'm tired of, I, I, I just want to see Jesus. That's my destiny. My destiny is to see Jesus. It's not to get to heaven. Heaven will be my destination, but my destiny is to look him in the face. And thankfully, because he became flesh and dwelt among us, John said, we beheld the glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld his, you can behold the presence or the glory of Jesus today. If you seek him, you will find him. Is your prayer today like mine? Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. I just have this sense as I'm sharing this word that there's somebody that's watching this. You have been struggling for a long time because you've been struggling with the things instead of the person. You've, you, you've struggled with the answers instead of the person to ask. You've, you've, stu you, you've struggled with trying to figure out how to do something for God and you forgot how to be something for God. The way you be something for God is draw as close to him as you can and when you're in his presence, he'll form you and mold you into what he wants you to be. I close with this today on this grand Sunday. You can't force the presence of God. You can't go to somewhere or someplace and say, okay, presence of God, come here. But you can position yourself where you know the presence of God will meet you. In the still of the night, in the early morning, at the church house, in your prayer room, in your music, wherever you know that the presence of God dwells, you need to position yourself today in that place. Because when you're positioned properly in his presence, where his presence will be, his presence will always show up. Don't force God's hand. Don't twist God to do what you want him to do. Jump into the position of saying, Lord, here am I, wherever you want me. Let me find the place where I find you. In Jesus' name. Before we pray today, I want to just remind you of the goodness and the grace of God. I also want to remind those of you that we don't do this very often 
which you can give online at spiritofgracechurch.org and just follow the prompts. We love you also very much. I believe in a great measure things are getting ready to happen. They've already started. And part of this week, I believe, is just a last gasp of trying to hinder some of what we feel is in the agenda. But we're not going to let him hinder us. We're just going to come to you online and say, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Be among us. Even in the midst of our sickness, be among us and help us to reflect you. Would you join me in a prayer of dismissal today? God bless you, Lord willing. We'll see you sometime this week in one of our ministries. To God be all the glory and praise and honor. Jesus, I'm so thankful that we've been able to gather together today in this place on this day. Lord, even though we're not together in the in person, we're together in spirit. Lord, and we're uniting together in prayer today to say, Lord, we want to see your glory. We want to experience your presence. We want to draw closer to you than ever before. Lord, our prayer is the same as John's. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Would you please uh, go into every home in the next couple of minutes and let them feel the tenderness and the sweet presence of Almighty God, the calm and the peace that passes all understanding. Let it settle and rest into every home. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. We love you all so very much. For all of you that are online that aren't part of our church here in person, we, we honor you for spending time with us today. We love you all dearly. Have a great, great week in Jesus' name.